Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace and Ant today. Malik is on break. Um, yeah, but he's, for some reason he's chatting, he's chatting in the chat, but yet he can't <laughs> show yeah. up. Uh, he's got something he's got to deal with. I forgot what he's doing, but uh, important stuff, important stuff. He will report back on the recap show. Um, so back to Belichick. We just talked about this. So, no, he's not. it's not about beating Brady. It's about catching uh, Don Shula because, you know, he's a crazy historical guy. Like, he knows everything about NFL history ever. Mm-hmm. So he wants to pass Don Shula for all-time wins because he just passed George Hallis, which I was like, wait a second. George Hallis won that many games coaching in the 40s and 50s. And I was like, yeah, he won like 300 games. So it makes him a little bit a little bit better than Belichick. You know, people would always just go by rings and whatever. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you see, that's the weird thing about the NFL. They talk about how the league's been around for the Bears. Like, there's like 12 teams in the league that have been around for 100-plus years, one of them being the Cardinals that I talked about last year and them having the most losses ever. Kind of like uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are like the first team in Major League Baseball to lose 10,000 games. Um, you know, if you're around for a long time, yeah, you're going to lose a bunch. You suck. And the Cardinals suck. They started in Chicago and had to move all the way out there. But the point of me saying that is, it's like he wants to pass Shula, but he'll probably never pass him because the Dolphins used to dominate the league since they got in it in the 60s. And he had a 20-year run, but, like, you know, he's a bad GM, basically, and they're ready to fire him. They're like, you're 74 years old or 72, whatever it is, and he's born like 51. And it's like, yo, man, let somebody else pick these players. He doesn't have Brady. He can't hide uh, all the terrible wide receivers he wants to keep. Can't keep turning, like, you know, fifth-round picks into superstars. That works when you have one of the best quarterbacks ever. But guess what? When you don't, and then your best pass rush keeps getting hurt, like Judon, then, you know, you're going to have some lean years. And these are some lean-ass years right here. It's not that he's a bad coach. It's just that the players matter more than, he, more than people want to give him credit. He's kind of a bad GM. <laughs> yeah, he should yeah, be. Yeah. He should be actually trying to get a real GM in there to help him out. I don't understand. Like, I know he understands talent, and I know he knows talent because the respect that he shows to Lawrence Taylor and how good of a defensive player he was, and he was like, "Yeah, um, the wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins going to they wanted them, but he wanted them for a certain price. If DeAndre Hopkins is on this team, Mac Jones looks a lot better." Because with Hopkins and Bourne, now you have a number one and a legitimate number two wide receiver. Your offense probably goes a little bit better. You know, it doesn't mean that the Cowboys don't beat you to death 38 to 3. But maybe, you know, you score a touchdown or two. Maybe you're 2-2. Really? Instead of Zeke Elliott, he should have been having um, DeAndre Hopkins. And he should have been having Dalvin Cook. Even though Dalvin Cook hasn't been playing good this year. The reason why I think Dalvin Cook hasn't playing good is because he's not the number one running back. He's basically, you know, coming in here and there and stuff like that. So just think about Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins on the Patriots. Yeah. They'll actually be doing well. But, you know, two yeah. things that's going against Belichick. One, he doesn't want to give in to the, today's society and, you know, give, give you know, get pay that money. <laughs> two, See, uh, he recognizes it. But the last time he did, it worked and they won the Super Bowl. And that was when yeah. he went and said, I'll pay this guy $11 million for one year because it's a one-year deal. And we really do need a shutdown corner. And Revis was like, I'm about that paper. And it worked, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, he's that good. There's a reason why he's the it first ballot Hall of Famer. So he knows talent. It is why I, it's just, he's just not willing to pay for it. 
And that's the weird thing about it. This is the reason why I used to be scared of the Patriots because they knew talent. They knew how to get them and plug them in there, right? And do the thing, uh, you know, run the system the right way. They knew how to use the players the right way. They still, they still to this day have the best um, offensive line as far as not the players themselves, but I'm talking about as far as the um, the design of the play. I like how they actually do it. They do it more differently than the court today's sack. Like if you look at the Bears right now, running a play right now, I know the audience can't see it, whatever. They basically look like a straight line. But if you ever look at the Patriots, it's more like a triangle type of thing. They, they go down little by little. It is a perfect protection. If they actually have the good players, whatever. That's little things like that. It's just like they know what to do. Just plug and play. They know what type of players they need and stuff like that. It's just that they are not, in my opinion, they're not running properly. And they'll, they'll, they're not trying to get the right players for it. I don't know why. It used to be scary, but now they're not. It was 100% right. And they ran the same offense for a very long time. And that's when you get into, you know, set ways of doing things on offense. But the not interesting even, part even, is they even, got Bill O'Brien, who's a good offensive coach. It's just that it's just not clicking. That's the thing, though. They, you might be thinking they're running the same offense, but no. I'm telling you, when it, when I was, of course, as being a Jet fan, I've seen it. They literally used to change their whole philosophy for week-by-week week basis. That's how well, they had the actually good talent there. They changed their philosophy week-by-week. Week. I'm yeah. talking about offense and defense. There'll be a week or defense they will be playing 4-3. Next week, they'll play 3-4. Next week, they'll be playing the 46. The same thing goes for the um the offense. There'll be a week that you know they'll have the three wide set with the what's the name with the um what's the slot in the middle, whatever. The next week they'll have the t- five tight end set. And yes, I remember there was a week they played against the Jets and they had a five tight end set and it was running that. It was running tight ends like it was wide receivers. Then they'll come back the next week and ground pound and you know running you to death. And also the fullback come out of nowhere. You've never seen a fullback for five for five to. 16 weeks or whatever. Also, the fullback comes out of nowhere in the playoffs or something like that. The yeah. Patriots are not the same team that they used to be. They, they used to be more this, innovative. They don't have the same level of talent. Right. They don't have to, and that's the thing. They don't have the same level of talent. And they could down, could, it's all because of Belichick because he's not really, you know, flushing that. And it, it filters down to as far as their coaching is concerned. They, they're basically just the same. You can actually predict them now. They used to be the ones that used to be ahead of the game or everybody. And I used to look at them and like, why no other team is doing this? But as you can see, that's what happens. All right. Now we're back. What is the biggest thing you look for when evaluating who to pick each weekend? Well, for me, um, I, use, I look at the, the three things I look at as the coach. As far as the coaching is concerned, the, the head coach, the, the coordinators and stuff like that. And I'm also looking at who's the quarterback and what type of schemes they're playing. Like, say if this was, like, around three years ago, four years ago, whatever, Breeze was play- Drew Brees was playing. Mm-hmm. I know him and Sean Payton worked together and stuff like that, and how they was going about it. And I know that they had a good defense, and I know that if it was playing at home, you know, they had that dome and stuff like that. Got to look at stuff like that. I basically got they play – basically, I'm looking at their style. As far as I'm trying to see if he's going to match up perfectly against the other team that's playing their defense and stuff like that. Like the Titans, I was quite, I was quite the last couple of weeks or whatever, I was a little quite away, moving away from them because they don't have, they don't score a lot of points. But I was quite, I wasn't thinking about their defense as part, as far as it's concerned. That's what quite, they basically win things on. They win on their style of defense to hold other teams down. That, that's mostly the, what I look at right there. And then you know everything else comes afterwards, as far as you know the the quite the air, the locations, the um the injuries, or whatever, and who's comes in coming in, whatever, how they match up and stuff like that. 
What about you? My main thing that I look for, there's two things. I look at what was the team's last game, how they performed there, and I look at how well is the defense playing. Because the defense for most teams is the most consistent thing throughout the season. It's very rare. Like, injuries are important, but it's very rare that a team just drastically improves defensively over, you know, how they say coaches break it up into quarters. So the first four games, the next four games, so it used to be 16 games, you could break it up perfectly. Now with the 17th game, it's a little bit different, but that extra game, it's not, the defense isn't going to change much from the first half to the second half unless you make wholesale changes in the defense to get more pressure or generate more things. And actually, I'll say a third thing too. How well the offensive line is playing for both teams. As people noticed in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes lost to Tampa Bay, most of their offensive linemen were hurt. He got the hell beat out of him. That's why they lost. If you give a quarterback no time, you have a good pass rush like that. Well, mercenary, like that mercenary team did when they went and got all those old pass rushers and it worked perfectly, you can get to the quarterback well. It's going to make it very difficult for you to get the ball out, as we saw with Daniel Jones last week when he got sacked nine times. Yes, he has no line. He has no offensive line, or they can't work cohesively yeah. together. It just makes your yeah, quarterback right. look terrible. You take away time, and usually the person won't play well, unless you're, you know, just so poised like C.J. Stroud as a rookie, and you make good decisions under pressure. So when you're taking out, you know, when you when you're deciding who you're going to bet on, those pro football focus grades on offensive line, if you're not actually watching the game, which you have to, even if you're going to watch the highlights, just watch how many explosive plays they had, um, how well the offensive line is working together. Because you're not going to stop them on every play. You know, Aaron Donald doesn't get a sack on every play. But if they can stop them enough so the team can get the ball off, even them, even they can beat, oh, they missed the pass deep, thank God. Even, um, you know, any team can beat the Rams. They can block, you know, a few plays, a few key plays. So it just goes down. And do you have an idea mm-hmm. who's going to win the AFC and NFC Conference? After we're a quarter in, we've seen a couple of the games. Some teams are two and two. Some are on four, like my Bears. Some are three and one, like my other team, the Baltimore Ravens. And a lot of teams are sitting here at two and two, like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and shockingly, the Washington Commanders and all of the AFC South. Well, I'm going to start first with the um, NFC. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say who's going to win them. Is it between is between the Eagles, 49ers, Lions, and then right now, surprisingly enough, the Buccaneers. Well, all out of all those teams, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the 49ers. The reason why I'm gonna go with them is because they should have won last year. I think they 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 are quite a more of a, a quite a deeper team. Yeah, both teams will match up. This is gonna be a blo- this is gonna be a bloody NFC um what's the name matchup. NFC's championship matchup between the Eagles and the 49ers. I think that's what's going to end up at the end. But I'm going to pull the 49 The 49ers are going to pull out at the end. I don't think they're going to have the same bad luck that they had last year of, you know, not having a quarterback. They're going to actually pull it out and actually win this. I'm going to pull it with that one because I it, it's always that bad, that stat of the bad luck of the, what's the name, the last year's loser coming back in. I'm surprising enough that the Eagles are still doing good. I, I, I think they're going to lose this week, but that's a different story. And mm-hmm. as far as the AFC, mm-hmm. I hate to say this because I know it's true. You know, I'm going to follow. It's going to sound like a tinfoil hat, mother 
I'm gonna sound like a ten four hat person here. Yeah. But after what I saw on Sunday, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Why the Chiefs? Not, not because of they play, is because of the refs. Like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel like a ten four hat. Yeah. That's your. But I'm gonna go with the that. refs are in it for them. They're in the bag. Yes. Yes, it's in the yes. bag. If you saw how the whole, the, I'm not even talking about that holding calls was egregious. I did finally see I, what you were talking about. No, they didn't show not, it on the broadcast. And I'm not even right. I'm talking about the um the hold against the defensive yeah. end. I don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah. the uh, the sauce Garner thing. That was a hold, whatever. You know, sometimes you play, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you not. You know, the the respectful thing is that if you're gonna call it, you're not gonna call it in the beginning. You know, stick to the end, whatever. Put that to the side. Look at that defensive end. You you had the the, the guy looking right at him. The ref looking right at him. That's when I knew the Chiefs was going to win this, and they might actually win the whole thing. Wow. Okay. So, who? okay. Do you have an idea of who the Chiefs are going to play in the AFC title game? Um, is, is, it, might actually be the, it might actually be the, uh, the toss-up between the Dolphins and the Bills. Okay. Okay. I respect it. Unfortunately, right now, I have to see – we have to see furthermore, maybe two more, two more weeks in, but we don't know what's going to happen with the Bengals. I'm not even going to yeah. talk about my Jets, whatever, you know, quite, uh, this, that's still a mystery out there. You know, Zach Wilson woke up out of nowhere. You might have got re- somebody might have got reincarnated or maybe Joe Namie got reincarnated in him or whatever. I don't know about that. But, you know, there's, there's a sleeper team in the in the, um, AFC. I mean, they're technically not a sleeper team, but nobody's really talking about them. Maybe you might be talking about them next. Mm. Is the Ravens. Nobody's yeah. really – because the thing is that Steelers, Browns, and Bengals suck. I, don't, I, I, ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. Steelers, Browns, and Bengals—they suck as far as we we're going so far in these four games. You're not wrong. It's Ravens it's, it's got an easy path to. Right now, if no injuries happen, Ravens have the easiest path to get to the playoffs. Well, I would like to point uh, out in that Ravens, division. Yeah, the Ravens. Um, we really only know like. Five players on the Ravens, but OBJ already got hurt. He was a starter. They had seven starters out the one game that they lost. Right. The thing is that the so thing if they're is, hurt oh, early, so, luckily they can, right. they can get healthy at the right time. They can get healthy at the back end of the season, and everybody's healthy those last six games, meaning week twelve to week eighteen, and they right. go into the playoffs healthy. I'm not saying they'll be the one seed, but considering that uh, the Chiefs' offense and defense haven't played a complete game together, it's right. a possibility that. I, you know, the Ravens are not so much of a dark horse team because they're already three and one, so good start. But if they finish each four games three and one, they're twelve and four sitting right there. You know, week eighteen. You and, brought up OBJ, and I'm glad yeah. you did. The thing is that OBJ has, a, in my opinion, has the same role that he had with the Rams. Oh man, I should have touched him. But anyway, he had the same role that he had with the Rams. In my opinion, is a role that you know it's called a cherry on top role. That's what I call it. When he was yeah. with the Rams, he, he didn't need to be with the Rams. When he was a cherry on top, yeah, they didn't need him. But that extra difference was huge, right? And I can see the same exact hap- same thing happening with him with the Ravens. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be healthy right now. Just come back just in time for the playoffs for them to run through. And I'm not going to talk about the AFC South. You know, let them play around, whatever. Because you know, you got the Texans, Jags, Titans, and Colts. Basically, the same exact team all tied up. Anything can happen there, so I'm not even going to. But I don't can't see them. No matter who wins that division, I can't see any one of them getting past the baby the second round. 
Okay. Okay. Um, for me, it's there's three teams in the AFC that are legitimate contenders. Everybody else is kind of after that. I still don't believe in Miami because of their defense. Um, their offensive line is shaky. The Bills mm-hmm. made them look their offensive line looked real shaky. And it's the Bills who are very complete. It's Baltimore who can outbuild the Bills. Because you're not going to out-tough Baltimore. That is yeah, Baltimore is where everybody – you're right about that because Baltimore is where everybody's basically stealing their stuff from the Bills, the Jets, and whatever like that. You're right about that. Yeah. Baltimore is a, you know, is a blueprint. It's, it's what they do. It's, it's all they do. And the Chiefs are always kind of dangerous to me, but I'm still going to say this, even though they have a terrible head coach, or I shouldn't say terrible. They have a head coach that makes questionable football decisions based on analytics. And I love the fact that Brandon Staley is he's going to lose his way, but he I think he will eventually lose. I think they'll make the playoffs again. They're going to win 10, 11 games. So whoever bet them for the season to take the overrun season wins, you're good on that. But uh, you really rotted them hard since the beginning of this year. Listen, man, the defensive line is what I was betting on, and the fact that uh, Justin Herbert is a great rookie, well, rookie, great young quarterback. Khalil Mack had a season worth of sacks in one game. Okay, there are players who will have a six sack season, and that will be great for them. The Bears traded that guy. Every all the Chicago Bears fans are like, "Why did we trade that guy? All we got was the second round pick. This is insane. This guy's like next level kind of talent." It'd be like trading. It would be like if the Jets drafted Nick Bosa. We're like, you know what? We suck right now. Imagine if you had drafted him like six years ago and three years ago. You're like, we'd rather have another first round pick than Nick Bosa. You'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? This guy gets 11 sacks every year. Why would we trade him? But like, that's what the Bears did. And this guy had six sacks in one game. Any player that can do that opposite uh, Nick, who is actually on the opposite defensive end, yeah, that's a rare talent. That's why they wanted him. Anyone who can pressure the quarterback like that consistently, it bothers the other team. It makes it very difficult for you to run your offense, which is why I believe in them. If you're leaning more on offense than on defense, or on defense more than on offense, I have mm-hmm. faith in that. That's how the Patriots went over. People underrate Bill Belichick's, like you pointed out. They underrate his ability to scheme offense, right? Defense very well. When the Bears were great, they had a great defense. The Jets have a great defense. People love San Francisco's offense, but it's really the fact that people can't score against them that makes it difficult. They're going to beat you up, and they're going to make it super-duper physical. All those battles going back to when they play in the Legion of Boom. It's the defense that's going to get you there. And that's what has me having faith in those, you know, three to four teams. It's just that the Chargers head coach, who's their defense coordinator, you know, is he going to keep (laughs) putting these guys in position on offense to – we're going to go for it in every fourth and one. Then they do that, you know, in the divisional round, and they don't make it. But the I actually would like to see the Chargers versus the Ravens in the um, AFC Championship game. That would be dope. That would be that would be a contrasting styles. Uh, the NFC, I think, is very clear. San Francisco is the best total team. Brock Purdy, I can't believe he's not more famous. This guy has literally never lost a game that he finished. The only time they lost was when he basically broke his arm. He broke his UCL ligament, and he had to leave. It's San Francisco. Dallas is too inconsistent. They will be in the playoffs. They may or may not win that division. Philadelphia is older, but they have a super young team, and they have really good wide receivers. And I believe in that running back. DeAndre Swift fits with that team. They stay healthy, they could be right back there. 
Philadelphia, San Francisco, NFC title game. Philly fans, buy your tickets. San Francisco fans, buy your tickets. Dallas, unfortunately, you will probably be losing to one of those teams in the playoffs. Hopefully it's not San Francisco again, but, you know, good rivalry matchup. Fun fact, um, Brock Purdy is actually sharing a, quite an apartment with one of his play, well, one of his teammates because it's too expensive and he doesn't really make that much money. That is insane. Yeah, he made $700,000 last year and he only makes $900,000 this year. And the reason why I'm talking about him, he was literally the last pick in the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. And he's the best quarterback they've had since they had uh, – who's the guy that retired? Good Lord, I can't remember his name right now. He, like, tore up his leg and came back. Uh, Utah, he played at Washington. Washington Alex, was um, Alex Smith, thank you. Alex Smith, yes. Alex Smith. I forget the guys who were retired, but I think he works for ESPN as an analyst now. He sells those uh, slides, UFOs. Alex he was, Smith. He, Alex Smith was also um, Patrick Mahomes' mentor in his first year. And Alex Smith was the number one overall pick. I think people forget mm-hmm. that as well. That's how talented he was. He was the one that made – he was the one that kind of put Urban Meyer on the map because he was the guy on that Utah team that went undefeated and then got them into a big-time conference. That's for all you college fans out there. But yeah, He was drafted the same year as Rodgers, but people won't know Rodgers more. Isn't that hilarious? Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is still playing with – playing from guys who retired. He's, he's LeBron like that. It's like, I can't believe you're still out here playing football and you're about to be 39 years old or 40. It's kind of wild. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back when we'll be picking these games. Welcome back. We have Jacksonville at Buffalo at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. Set your alarm clocks. Another London game. This technically counts as a home game for Buffalo. Still trying to figure out how that works. I guess Jacksonville just spent the week in England. Um, question it should be a home game in Jacksonville because they're always there. Would you? I know they're trying to encourage people to get into the NFL, so I guess they're trying to give them a good game. Germany's getting the best game though because they're getting Miami and the, the Dolphins, Miami, Miami Dolphins, and the Kansas City Chiefs sometime in November. Oh, Do wow! You, would you ever want to go to the England to watch the Jets play? No, and I'll be okay. upset that they, they take away that get that, that, that game from the Jets Stadium and the mm. Jets fans in New York. Fair enough. You mean the Jets I'm, fans in New I'm, Jersey? I'm, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, whatever. But the thing is that I'll go to an NFL game that's in, in London, whatever, because they look like they have a lot of fun. You know, quite they throw, look like they throw a real good game and they basically everything shuts down perfectly for this, but not for my team. My team deserves their home team, their home stadium. Well, Jacksonville is five and a half point underdogs, and the over under is 48 and a half. What do you got? I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm going to go with the over in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I was calling Jacksonville the two, week, two, three weeks ago, the new Buffalo Bills. You know, they got – it was a Calvin Ridley there, and they got mm-hmm. – they, they also had, the, you know, they set up and everything like that. But they fell, they fell back a little bit as far as I'm concerned, and Buffalo has been – you know, Buffalo got the rude awakening from week one, and they've been rolling ever since. So I'm going to stick with them. They still got the hot hand. I'm going to go with Buffalo, and they're going, like I said, I'm going to take the over in this one. This is still going to be a good game, but um, this will be my week, my first lock of the week. All right. I'm going the other way because Jacksonville, I think, has the advantage of the time zone. I don't know when Buffalo left to go over there, but um, I don't expect them to keep up the same level of play as they had against Miami against Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville covers. I don't think they win. In fact, they're getting five What's up, you see left? Hmm? What's up, each team um, last game that they had? 
last week. No, no, I'm saying Buffalo had their game on, on, on Sunday. When Jacksonville last played? Jacksonville played last Sunday in uh, London against Atlanta. So oh, yeah, they were still game. there. You're right. Yeah. They, they still had the time frame. That, that was a good call right there. Yeah. I'm still going to go with Buffalo, but, you know. <laughs> I think a lot that's of people a, That's a good thing to go think about, Buffalo. though. Yeah, so take that into consideration. And Jacksonville's defensive line is not bad, as we saw last week, and they know how to contain the run. So Buffalo's going to – it's going to be hard to maintain – it's hard to maintain that same level of play week to week and when you're traveling that far. So we will see. Next up, we have Houston at Atlanta. Houston is the underdog. They're getting one and a half points. And the over-under for that game, I believe, is 40 points. Oh, wait. No, it is not. My bad on that one. Houston Atlanta is 41 and a half. And Houston is the underdog. And who do you got? I'm taking Houston. I'm taking the under this one. I don't trust Atlanta. And I, and I, and I was the, I'm going to bring this up since we have Atlanta right now. I was the first one to say that Justin Fields would have been great on Atlanta. Then somebody from ESPN decided to come out of nowhere, Greenberg, and they started ripping off. So I know you out there, Greenberg, downloading that stuff. So, you know, shout us, shout, shout us out, you know, when you, when you steal stuff. But anyway, back to this game, I'm going to go take Houston. I'm going to take the under in this one. I do not trust Atlanta. And I want to see, give them some more time to see exactly if they change things around. But as of right now, I don't trust Atlanta, and I don't trust the quarterback to get to his targets. He has very good name targets, but Houston has been doing a better job. And also, look out for that Houston defense because D'Amico Ryan is the coach there. I believe that's his name, D'Amico Ryan. He's mm-hmm. actually been on. Um, he's actually been. Boy, they take they some take on his personality there. So watch out for Houston. Uh, like I said, I'm still taking them since this is a defensive. Coach that is coaching this team, I'm taking the under because they're going to hold these points down. Houston and Atlanta, that sounds like a good party for me. Houston's going to win this game. I don't trust Ritter. Bijan Robinson is their whole team. Uh, every defense knows it. Debeco Ryan can scheme for that. They're not even getting the ball to Kyle Pitts. They're not even really getting the ball to Drake London like that. Well, that I drafted in Daily Fantasy. Uh, I will say this, and in my year of fantasy, if you have run out of really good teams that you expect to win, this is my first lock of the week. I would take this team in my survivor pool. I have a better pick later on for you, but I would take Houston in my survivor pool. That's how much I believe in this team. They have a rookie quarterback who's playing not like a rookie. So they have an advantage there. Next up, we have Carolina Panthers at Detroit Lions. This is the largest, oh, second largest spread of the week. Carolina is getting nine and a half points. I don't know why they're not getting 13. And the over-under for this game is 45 and a half. Ant, who do you got? Um, I want to make this my second lock of the week. I wanted to make Houston my lock of the week as well, but I'm going to, I'm going to skip some teams on that. But Detroit's definitely going to be my lock of the week. I'm taking them. I'm taking the over. This is going to be Detroit, so Detroit's going to be at home. And Carolina is quite ancient, little by little, to be the, taking the first pick in the draft so they can help out the Bears. So they can Bears can get Caleb Williams. No matter what he says, Caleb Williams is going to go to the Bears. And the Bears might just say, hey, we don't need you, and trade you away for one pick, move up, and, you know, get Marvin Harrison Jr. But anyway, we will talk about draft down the road. As far as for this game, I'm taking Detroit, taking the over in this one. This is going to be a good, good game going back and forth. But Carolina is the inexperienced team with the inexperienced quarterback. I'm going to go with the the hot hand over here with Detroit at home. This is the kind of game that Detroit would usually a really good team that's been good for a while to kind of look over the team that they're playing. Detroit's not built like that. 
Dan Campbell's not built like that. So I'll keep it simple. Home team, dome team. The Lions will beat the breaks off of Carolina. I'm going to take the over. Uh, Detroit might score all 45 points. I don't know. Maybe they'll set the record and go for 76. Who knows? That'll be nice. But what I do know is Carolina's not going to keep playing bad every game. They might cover on the back door, but Detroit will be up 10 points at one point in this game. It's just a matter of whether or not they can hold on to that lead. So I'm going to take Detroit. I'm not going to lock it in. But Detroit will I'm very confident. I'm like 95% confident Detroit will win this on the money line. So if you want some guaranteed money, try that one out. Next up, we have the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one-point favorites, and the over-under for this game is the standard 42.5 points. And who do you got? Uh, this is another defensive team, uh, a defensive-minded coach here. I know Detroit was as well, but – I. Well, that game is a little bit differently. But as far as for this team, this is – the Tennessee, in my opinion, is going to hold it down against Indianapolis, who has the inexperienced quarterback on this one, even though I believe he's coming back, Anthony Richardson. He's going to be playing this week, I believe. But – um, and also, what's the name? Their running back might be back this week. So you never know to see exactly what's going to happen. But I'm going to go with Tennessee in this one as of right now. Quite, I can see the um, the points over there. It shows it has um, only, what, one point? Mm-hmm. Shoot, that's very low because I'm guessing they're expecting this to be a tight game over here. But So I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take the under in this one. All right. This game is a coin flip. Um, I would not actually bet on this game, but we're picking all of them. I'm taking the Colts because they're at home, and I believe in Anthony Richardson. The guy makes plays. Uh, They're going to get some really good games, and they're going to get some really bad games out of Tannehill. It's kind of hard to count on him. But Richardson can make some special plays. His athletic comp is Julio Mack. And that's kind of difficult to tackle when he's running at your full speed. If they can get some uh, something out of Jonathan Taylor this week, it'll make it even more special for Indianapolis. So we don't know what we're going to get from him. So I'm just taking Indianapolis because they're at home. And I'm going to take the under. Say a super low scoring game, 17-14, 17-10. But still fun to watch. I'm going to want 10-9. But anyway. <laughs> that will not be fun to watch. Next up, we got the New York football giants at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are the biggest favorite of the week, favored by 10.5 points, and the over-under is 48. The Giants look terrible. They look discombobulated. They look like they can't block anybody. Ants, who do you got? I got. I won't be picking up Isaiah Simmons in, uh, of course, fantasy maybe, you know, starting him because he's going to be <laughs> – actually, not even Isaiah Simmons. I'm over here thinking about Isaiah Simmons. Um, What's the name for Miami? Oh, oh that pass yeah. I know who you're talking about. Not – anyway. I want to say Wayne, but I don't think that's the same Jalen. But anyway, um, definitely going to go with Miami in this one. They're going to have to have their bounce back game or whatever. Their bounce back game is going to be another high scoring again. They're going to try to make themselves look good again. And unfortunately, Giants is going to face it. You're going to see Daniel Jones on the ground a couple of times. Um, New York, all they have is um, for Daniel Jones, the only weapons he has is basically Saquon Barkley and a bag of chips. Saquon Barkley's gone, so all he has is a bag of chips. Who are you going to pick? Miami got all the weapons going all over the place. It's obviously what Vegas thinks. You know, they're the only team so far, this is a Thursday that we're recording this, that has a double digit on the spread. Yeah. So Who lot. are you going to go for? This is a beatdown. I'm going to go with Miami. Yeah. Oh, you haven't made your pick yet. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. I'm just going to make it quick. This is going to be Miami and the Super Over. 
Corey, make that make that I would make that my lock, but that's that'd be a that'd be a um that'd be a travesty for this pick show. I want to save that lock for something else. Anybody can take that a lock. I think Miami has one thing that's working against them. Yeah, that's a flag. I think Miami has one thing that's working against them. Because they dropped 70 points on Denver and they were trying to run out the clock by running the ball, no mm-hmm. other defense is gonna let that happen. So they're gonna be super aware. Now I'm not saying the Giants are gonna play great, but they're gonna lose. They're going to lose. It's This question is really, are you going to lose by 10 or less? Look, Beth. Yeah. So I am going to lean towards Miami because they have the best offense, and I don't think uh, the Giants have the secondary to stop them. I'm just going to say that out loud. But they could lose by a touchdown. I don't know. Miami may take their foot off the gas and just beat them, you know, 20, you know, 27 to 14, 27-21. It's really whether or not Saquon's going to play. Miami's defense got, you know, kind of stunted on last week by Buffalo. They're going to want to come back. They're going to want to play well. So I am taking Miami hesitantly. But they will definitely win this game. There's not – I just I think Miami's going to be a trap game. They're going to beat – Miami's the kind of team that beats the team they're supposed to beat. So I'm not going to be worried about that. The only thing I hope for for Giants fans is that the rest of the team is just as angry. The rest of the Giants team is just as angry as Evan Neal was this week against the fans. So they can take it out on the Dolphins and maybe have a decent game or maybe try to sneak one in. That is not going to go well for him long term. But uh, I see why he would say that. He's probably tired of people telling him how to do his job. And, you know, it was more of what he said as opposed to it wasn't even how he said it. Don't tell people I'm a lion, you're a mouse, yada, yada, yada. That's not really the uh, relationship you want with fans. But, hey. You just keep that to yourself. He's in the league. Someone will let him know on a team who's been there for a little bit. So it is what it is. He's a first-round pick. He will eventually start playing. You know? He will protect Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones will get some uh, TDs going. Next up, we have New Orleans at New England. Two of the pretty terrible teams going on here. Uh, New England looked out of sorts. New Orleans looked out of sorts. Neither team really has a good offense. New England is giving one-and-a-half points to New Orleans. And the over-under for this game is 40 points. And who do you got? I'm taking New Orleans on this thing because out of the two worst teams, the New Orleans actually had the most talent. Alvin Kamara is going to be back. Wilson Carr is going to actually have somebody to actually rely on besides um, his second-year wide receiver. And Wilson um, Michael Thomas, they they have the better team. New Orleans just basically has a washed-up um, like Zeke Elliott, and TikTok dude as a wide receiver and a quarterback that's you know one minute he looks okay and next minute he's not really look like he's not even worth being drafted in the first round and all. What's the name? I forgot to do his name already. But anyway, I'm saying Miami. Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, Mac Jones. He's okay. Because the thing is, the reason I say he's okay is because look what happened to him last year. It was benching him, starting him, whatever like that. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not established on that, that team yet. He's not. Basically, I'm not going to say he's Brady, but he's not a quite starting. He's not an established starting quarterback yet, in my opinion. But I'm going to go with New Orleans. I'm going to take the under in this one just because New England still has a good defense and New England is at home on this. So you're taking New Orleans in the under. Right. I am inclined to take New England because they are at home. New Orleans doesn't really play well outside. Derek Carr doesn't really play well outside. He went from one dome team to another dome team. Matthew Judon is hurt. He tore his bicep, unfortunately. So there goes most of the Wings' pass rush. Christian Barmore is playing with an injury. 
as their best defensive tackle for New England. New Orleans has a really good defensive line. They can get after the quarterback. That's Marshawn Lattimore. That should make it very difficult for Mac Jones to get the ball out. That is the reason why I'm going to take New Orleans. Alvin Kamara caught 13 passes for 30-something yards. That is insanely low. This will probably be the worst game to watch all weekend because I live in New England. I'll be stuck watching this game. So thank YouTube God TV, fellas. Everybody get them. Thank God for the Red Zone Network. <laughs> Moving on to the next game. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna lock. I'm gonna lock this in. This is gonna be my second lock of the week. I am taking New Orleans over New, over New England as my second lock of the week. And next up, we got Pittsburgh hosting Baltimore and Pittsburgh. It's a home dog. Get three and a half points. And the over under for this game is 38, lowest of any game this week. And who do we got? There's a reason why it's like this because they both are in the same conference. They both. According for his have the history of strong defenses, good running games, and stuff like that. But like I said earlier in the, the earlier segments, um, Baltimore is going to be the sleeper team. The rest of the teams are suck uh, suck right now, and I think it's going to continue. I feel bad for to- Coach Tomlin, but that team needs to re- quite still retool and stuff like that, get a little bit better, see what happens with Pickett down the road, or if I don't even know if Pickett's even playing this week. But anyway, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Give me them and give me the under in this one. I'm going with Baltimore as well. I don't usually like to pick against home dogs on like tough divisions, but Pittsburgh's defense is going to have to play an amazing game to contain uh, Lamar Jackson. I think it is possible. I'm not locking this in, but I'm going with Baltimore because they have a much better quarterback, and Pittsburgh has more playmakers on defense. It's not just T.J. Watt. There are other players as well. Baltimore is really good defense. Roquan Smith is leading those linebackers. Patrick Queen is dangerous. Pittsburgh's in trouble unless they figure out their offense. Next up, we got Philadelphia at the LA Rams, the national game of the week. And enjoy watching this one. Rams are at home and they're getting four and a half points. And who do you got? Oh, this is going to be a brother. Sorry, the over under for this mm-hmm. is 50 and a half points. I assume. You know the reason why it's 50, right? Mr. Cup is coming back. That's why. Yeah. You got you got Cup and you got the rookie sensation of Puka, whatever his name is. Puka Nakua. They're gonna light it up and stuff like that. And this is Philadelphia too. They're gonna light it up. What's the name? They want to call it the brotherly push. I'm still gonna stick to the Almighty push. That's what I called it. That's what I coined it from last year, and I'm keeping it that way. The Almighty push. But anyway, you got, got good teams, two good teams, whatever. Good offense, good defense, whatever. They're gonna light it up. Quite LA LA Rams was in all that last year, but it looks like they're coming back to build up closer, at least, you know, their former Super Bowl winning form. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to take a, a flyer in this one. I'm going to take L.A. and I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over in this one. And I'm going to make this my – was it? Third lock of the week. Okay. Um, I'm taking the Rams because they're at home and they're getting four and a half points. It's that number at four and a half. I would run and jump on this line. There's no way I think they lose this game by more than a field goal. That four and a half is what really helps me here in picking them. I'm not going to lock it in, but Philly keeps looking shakier and shakier every week. And Aaron you have Donald, to lose one sooner or later. Aaron Donald messing with that offensive line is uh, different. And that rookie, Kyron Williams, can really run the ball. So I'm not saying they will win, but it's a strong possibility that the Rams can pull off the upset here and get this done. After I think this, that's hmm. – oh, 
before you okay. go to the next one, mm-hmm. the only thing I'm gonna say is I think it's, it'll be good for Philly to lose now. I know the Philly fans not gonna want to hear that, but I'd rather lose now than losing the playoffs. You gotta get that 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 monkey off your back sooner or later. You're getting a perfect record, or whatever is you know cheering it, you know, quite knocking the Dolphins off of that, that high horse of undefeated streak would be really nice. But getting that loss out the way, just to get it out the way, you know, feel good, whatever. You know, monkey off the back, this would be the perfect time to do it. My area. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a team get another undefeated season since the Pats did it. It's 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 low key impossible. Um right. Jalen Hurts hasn't been super accurate, but it's it legitimately seems impossible in the eighteen in the seventeen game regular season. Cincinnati at Arizona. Arizona's at home, they're getting three points. The over under for this game is this is my over-under sheet. There's 44 and a half points. And who do you got? I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this one because the Cincinnati is basically playing. It doesn't seem like, I mean, in a long, broad stroke of things, it doesn't seem like it. But right now, if you're a fan of the Bengals, you're in the Cincinnati, you're in that, that, um, that, 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 that their team or whatever, they're basically playing for their season right now. This game is very important for them. Yeah, it's a point for Arizona, but it's definitely more point for Cincinnati. They were supposed to be one of the teams that's supposed to be there at the end on the AFC Championship. I'm going to take Cincinnati, and I'm taking the under in this one. I still don't think that Cincinnati is going to show themselves as being the high-power offense they was in years past yet. But as of right now, for this game, I think they're going to do enough just to win this game. The same thing goes for Arizona. I don't think they're going to really score that much, so I'm going to take the under in this one. And no, I'm not going to make this a lock. I'm just going to leave this alone. But Give me Cincinnati under. All right. Home team, dome team. Give me Arizona and the over. Arizona's going to find a way to win this game. Cincinnati's defense. They play the dome? Yeah, Arizona plays in the dome. Well, they okay, can open it up sure. if they want to. Okay. Yeah, that's why the Super Bowl was there last year. And also, nice weather in February. Give me Arizona. I'm locking this in. It's my third lock of the week. They're getting three points at home. Um, I like that. Arizona has proven to me they're a very good team. Joe Burrow is still very much hurt. They can win this game. They could not cover and win this game. But I like the fact that Arizona's getting points. I'd probably tease this up to three and a half when I actually do bet it. Next up, we got New Jersey Jets going to the Denver <laughs> Because they have a losing record, that is why they're the New Jersey Jets. So is the Giants. And, you saw so the New York Giants. Oh, the New Jersey Giants as well. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I'm going to go with these New Jersey Jets, as you call them. Give me them. Give me that. And give me the – um. I'm going to take the over. Where's the over and under in this one? 43. 43. That could actually happen if, if you consider last week. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the Jets and I'm going to take the over. The reason I'm taking the Jets, mm-hmm. because if you guys remember and if you guys have been hinting – if you guys have been hearing my little hints a little bit, you know, with the – I'm not going to say it because, anymore because, you know, I'm supposed to be getting centered on this with the FU and the champagne. But, uh, <laughs> but champagne basically came out in the preseason, called out Nathaniel Hackett. He called out the, um, what's the name, the Jets, the Jet basically. And he, was, and he also called out the team from last year from Denver, saying that, you know, there was not, you know, there was not coach right, whatever like that. There's some players that was on the Jets that was on the Denver last year. So they look at this bad, some players that played for Hackett that was – you know, they, they stand up for him besides Aaron Rodgers. This team is ready to fight fight for that, for that and they, I think they're going to come out and they can beat the brakes out of them. It might be more than expected. It might not be Miami 70 points, 
but there's definitely going to be a beatdown on this one. And this is this very scary game for me. The only reason why is because this would be both Brees Hall and ABT coming back to this game. The last time they was in Denver last year, this is when they got injured. So this is going to be kind of kind of um, testing the waters. But good news is, quite Brees Hall has got the shackles off, and I got Brees Hall just in time in fantasy football. Thanks, Ray. And um, <laughs> so his shackles are coming off. He's going to be off the pitch count. So it's going to help me out in fantasy as well. But anyway, so, long story short, give me the Jets. Give me the over. Make my, my lock of the week. I believe this is my – was the fourth one? Fourth, yeah. Fourth lock of the week. Definitely do it. Get to the bank. Get to it right now because you know I'm a hype the body. I wasn't last week, but get it to now. And I didn't even say anything about Zach Wilson, how he played very good and almost elite in the second – we'll say that with that one drop that he did where he actually ran in for a touchdown. But anyway, lock of the week. Let me stop wasting time. Your turn, Ace. Denver has the worst defense in the NFL. They have given up more points in the first four games in the history of the NFL than any other team. History. Ever. Forever, ever, ever. Sean ever, Payton, ever? Sean Payton looked really good when he had Drew Brees. The offense isn't a problem. Russ ain't the problem. For whatever reason, whoever's coordinating the defense isn't getting it done. They couldn't stop Chicago in Chicago. They're not going to stop the Jets in Denver. The Jets have a really good defense, and that defense is going to travel, and they're going to want to try to prove a point and beat the hell out of them. And I know he's going to come up with some new plays to try to put it on Denver. And Zach is going to be closer to home. And he's going to want to put on a show for the people out there in the West Coast, near Utah and in Colorado. I'm picking the Jets. I'm not locking it in, but the Jets get points on the road. You know, I expect them to win this game. I legitimately do. This will be on my upset pick of the week. Next up, we got Kansas City going to Minnesota. Minnesota's getting five and a half points. And I believe the over-under for this game is something crazy like 52 points. This is the highest over-under of the week. And who do you got? Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go straight with Kansas City. Minnesota's, not, Minnesota's kind of shaky, whatever, on this team. There's quite other teams out there. Talk about trading for what's the name? Their quarterback, Minnesota's quarterback. That's how bad you know they bad they play. They might can still pull it off, but I'm gonna go with KC. KC seems like they quite they might have been seen it last week, but almost losing last week to the Jets might have might reestablish them actually to be back to being the KC of old, which is not going to be more quite less Hollywood or whatever like that. Even Kelsey came out talking about you know the Taylor Swift thing is going too far, whatever like that. So I'm gonna go with KC. I think they're going to change things around or whatever and make it more about football again. They might try to hide Taylor Swift a little bit, so we want to see her every single damn ball weekend drive herself nuts. But I'm going to take the um, I'm going to take the under in this one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take the what's the over and under? Is what? Forty? Fifty-two. Fifty-two. Uh, Game's got to be played in the twenties, high twenties, low thirties. Definitely going to take the over in this one. This is at Minnesota. It's going to be the dome. This is both teams like to pass it up a lot, pass it around a lot, and score up a lot of points. So definitely taking the over in this one. Give me Casey in the over. Minnesota has a good running back, so does Kansas City. I am taking Kansas City. This is going to be my fourth lock of the week. This will be the highest scoring game combined that we see. Not just one sided, not 70 to 20. It's going to be like 50 to 50. I don't expect much defense to be played. Minnesota's defense is still very bad. Um, Kirk Cousins could throw pick six. I like the fact that he hustled on that play. Patrick Mahomes is going to get it together. He had one bad game. I don't expect him to have two bad games in a row. 
I've never seen them have two really bad games in a row. And what helps is Minnesota's defense is not that great. And they know they're going to have to bring it. They got their first win, so I expect them to step it up even more. But I don't think it'll be enough. It's going to be Kansas City by a TD. We got Sunday night football with the old school matchup, old school rivalry from the 90s. Dallas at San Francisco. Dallas is getting three and a half points. And here in Texas, who do you got? The over-under is 45 points. It is a very, um, very hard for me to say because um, I was on tra- I was pulling out San Francisco to um, basically come make it to the the Super Bowl, or whatever. But I'm gonna have to take Dallas or whatever on this one because Dallas is gonna, Dallas is red hot right now, even though they did lose a little bit. But I really feel that Dallas is gonna you know still be the the um what's the name the um, the regular season type of team. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna still they're gonna still pull it off whatever Michael Parsons is not gonna get you know as much sacks as he did against um what's name Danny Dobbs and Zach Wilson but you know he's still gonna you know make some ruckus in uh, with San Francisco but at the end I'm gonna still see San Francisco pulling it out pulling out the win on it on this one mm-hmm. and I'm gonna take San Francisco and I'm gonna I mean not San Francisco Dallas pulling out the win on this one and yeah. I'm gonna take Dallas on the on the um on the under this one okay Debo Samuel is still hurt. George Kittle is playing great. Dallas has, I think, a better defense than San Francisco. Um, Brock Purdy is an amazing quarterback. I would say that he is even in terms of talent with Dak Prescott. He seems to make the right decision every time. Dak Prescott does not always do that. Dallas has a better offensive line, in my opinion, San Francisco does. That's why San Francisco lost last year, because they couldn't protect Purdy, and he got rocked on that hit. He's not a rookie. He has even more reps. He will play better. Dallas, I believe, will lose. I'm taking San Francisco. I don't want them to. I want to see San Francisco lose. They're not going to lose this game. They played great against New England. They keep bringing it. I don't know if the defense can keep playing that well every single week. They know they have to. They know this week they're going to have to bring it. I'm definitely going to take the under. This will be the lowest scoring game all week. These are the two best defenses in the league statistically. Give me San Francisco at home, laying three and a half. Uh, remember how I said earlier, Ace, about um, with Philadelphia, yep. that they need this type of loss, whatever, so they can yes. march on? I think the same thing's going to happen with um, San Francisco. They need that, that loss. They need this yep. loss. It's going to be how bad Purdy plays, really. That's really what We'll see be. what happens. So one of these teams going to get punched in the mouth. And, and see how they, and the the best part about this this game is to see how they act after how they how these teams um quite finish the, the season with afterwards after this loss oh, yeah. with this team not come, if this loss will hurt them or if they're going to be playing better down the road. I like that it's after the first four games, so nobody really has an excuse like they weren't ready. It's too early in the season. No, everybody's used right. to everybody's in football shape. They've used to being hit and getting hit. They're four games in. People are healthy. They might be a little dinged up. But nobody's severely hurt in either team. So we will see. We will see if Michael Parsons can, you know, big players play great in big games. And I, I believe that he will. But it's more the fact that San Francisco has better skill players than Dallas, in my opinion. So we'll see who can come through. And, you know, I think San Francisco is going to eke out a win. That's really what I believe. I don't want them to, but I believe they will because they're at home. And Three and a half is kind of – if they win by a field goal, I'll be upset because that means Dallas barely covers. But I, that's, <laughs> that's a perfect spread. I can't imagine this being on much books at three and a half. I imagine it's probably sitting there at three or two and a half. But Sunday night football will probably be a really 
really good Sunday night football game. So if you don't watch any game, you can just chill out and watch that one. Next up, we got Monday Night Football, another Manning cast. We have Green Bay going to Las Vegas. Green Bay is giving two and a half points to Vegas. Vegas is the home underdog. And the over-under for this game is 44 and a half points. Ants, who do you got? Um, I'm going to go with the young sir in, in Green Bay. I'm going to take them over Vegas. Vegas is still coached by McDaniels. I do not like that coach. I think he's going to tear this team apart like he did with Denver years ago. And he belongs to be an offensive coordinator back with, with New England. I'm going to go with Green Bay. They they actually, quite little by little, is building up to be a good team to look at or whatever. I know you and Malik hate don't give a damn about Green Bay because, you know, they're in your conference and you want them to die, roll up and die and suffer for endless thousand deaths. Yes, I, I feel the same exact way about the Patriots, and I'm glad about it. But this game, the Green Bay is going to actually pull it off, in my opinion. And I'm going to take Green Bay, and I'm going to take the under this one. I wouldn't go that far. I just want Chicago to sweep Green Bay for a season. That's it. I just want what, that. season. Come on now. I just After, want to win. Had, I just want know, to win hey, 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 tell them how you feel. Come on now. You had a quarterback want, that's all, for them. years talking about coming to the. You, wait, wait. You had a quarterback that came for years into yeah. Soldier Field. Come on, I own you. Pat McAfee show talking about that trash. Yeah, signed the lease over to uh, Jordan Love. Yes, that, that, that got yeah, on my. I, I know they're going. Yeah. I know you want a thousand deaths for these guys. Come on now. No, you want no, you want to be so bad. You want to be so bad that when when your daughter. Is your is our age at twenty? Then nobody will know Green Bay's history of being good. It'll be just like the Jets were in nineteen sixty five, and nobody knew about that that Super Bowl. I don't think I don't think Green Bay because Green Bay is not that bad. Las Vegas has one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, there's I don't see a way where Las Vegas wins this game. I, I legitimately don't. I'm not commenting like Aiden O'Connell may have to play again. I don't know what's going on with. Uh, the running back, Josh Jacobs. I don't. The only person who's consistently really playing well, who's constantly getting the ball too, is uh, Adams. I bet he's probably really upset that he left and went to Vegas. The only thing he's happy about are his game checks. Now, just think uh, if Adams was on the Green Bay, that would be awesome. I'm glad he's not. It would be awesome if he was on the Bears, but I found that very unlikely. I thought he was going to go and play with um, Brady because that was an option. I knew he wasn't going to go to New England. But I didn't know where else he would go. I just knew he wouldn't stay in that division. So I'm going to lock in Green Bay for my last lock of the week, and I'm going to take the over. Vegas will not be able to stop it. It's not even oh, like that it's reminds me. Coach. I did it's have a lock. He's trying to do it a certain way. What's up? You have one left? No, since I had a lock, I'm not going to – I don't want to lock them. I'm going to lock back I'm going to lock on Dallas. That's how much I don't give a, a hoot about this game, but I'm going to lock Dallas instead. You know, because it's, it's too easy for – but to me, it's too easy to pick Green Bay in this one. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. I'm 80. I'm doing great in my locks of the week. And guess what, people? Pick the games that you feel confident about. Don't be out here doing all types of crazy stuff like, ah, let me try to pick the hard ones. No, no, no. Pick five easy games. There's, seven, there's 16 games most weeks. We have, we're down two games this week because there's four teams on a bye. You know who they are. Hello? It is Don't get me wrong. I'm confident. Chargers, Cleveland, and Tampa. What are you guys no, I was gonna say that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm confident about both picks, but out uh, of both of them, I think Green Bay is, is just like a toss-up. I might be wrong, but I feel you know I feel like it's you know Jordan laying up on you know on a small two-year-old. I got you. We are gonna go into our shout-outs. And do you have any shout-outs this week? Um, I had a lot of shout-outs, but I decided to crumble up and throw it away because I just want to give one shout-out. Shout-out to Zach Wilson. I know I'm a Jets fan or whatever, but you know what? Like, 
F that. I'm going to throw it out the window. Put my fandom hat on. Shout out to Zach Wilson. For one one drive, he actually looked elite. I don't believe might be rolling his eyes when he hears this. But, no, shout out to Zach Wilson. That that one drive that he had, throwing it over back shoulders here, there, everywhere, and then, you know, throwing that touchdown, then, you know, running it for two points, that was elite play right there. I doubt he could do that every single week. I'm not asking you to do that every week. This team is built just for you could just uh, – uh, uh, this team is built for the quarterback just to have basic one-on-one quarterback knowledge and just, you know, throw the ball in right on time. That's all you need to do. But once in a while, pull pull up that magic out your hat, uh, out your hat, whatever. Please do it again. Keep doing it. And never revert back to the old Zach Wilson. I like this new Zach Wilson. He's happy. He has fun. He's smiling with the media. He thinks football's fun. Stay that way and never go back. I hope that you know that you know he unlocks something right there on, su- on Sunday night. Please stay that way. And that's why this is going to be my shout out of the week. Oh, my other shout out of the week is to also uh, before I forget, I just saw his face. Shout out to your quarterback ace. Yes, this dude did his thing. I'm glad that it seems like he unlocked it. Yes, it's against the um the Washington um Redskins Commanders. or Commanders or football well, team or whatever they're going to be called. Whatever they're going to be next year, whatever. But shout out that he came out after that second play when he got he got sacked. He came out through a touchdown. Finally, he's shown that it's not him. Get that team together. Stop screwing around this man's um, court career. Shout out to Justin Fields. Those are my two shout outs of the week. You know, I'm going to throw it to you, Ace. Let me eat this pizza. Shout out to my Chicago Bears for finally trying to win a game. Despite their coach, Uber loss. Um, they're looking really good in the second half of this one, but they're also trying to give away at the same time. Shout out to the defense for finally getting a turnover. Uh, they had just the fewest turnovers they've had since 1940 for the Chicago Bears. We are known for our defense. I'm a big fan of that because I'm a big fan of the big hits. I know that's bad for the players, but I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of glad they uh, got some of that stuff out of the game to make it a little more safe for them as much as possible. Shout out to Justin Fields for putting it together. Shout out to my UB Bulls for finally winning a game in overtime. I'm a big college football fan, and I'm glad they finally got the dub at home, and I hope they win the rest of the conference games to go 8-4 and four somehow. It's unlikely to happen, but uh, I'll be going back to them all week. And talking about that, I'll be posting my picks on the blog. Shout out to the New York Liberty for getting back to the WNBA Finals for the first time since 2002. They have a super team. I can't wait to watch the series on Sunday, I think it starts, or Saturday, which is kind of perfect. It's going to start right before Sunday Night Football. So I'll be watching the first half of that, flipping, flipping back between that and the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers game. And shout out to me because it's my birthday this week, and I've been enjoying myself and having a good time. And shout out to all of our listeners for listening. I appreciate y'all. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, for all of the people, you know, I will say this. Just will make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, and he's going to get them to the AFC title game. Will they win? I don't know. I don't think they will. But Aaron Rodgers will play again, and he will play in the playoffs for the Jets this year. Mark my words. I know I sound crazy, but I actually believe that. I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he's getting stem cells put into his Achilles. I don't know, but this man is going to come back and he is going to play. He will play and they will be in the playoffs. I I'm just trying not to change that. <laughs> I guarantee it. I know because I'm not a Jets fan, so I have nothing invested. So it really means nothing to me. But I will, I will give this super hot take because I want to see them do it. I want to see them do it. I do. 
and I want to see the Dolphins make it, and I somehow want to see the Bills not make it. But um, I find that I'm, you know, I'm not rooting against Buffalo, but you know, I'm just saying this year should be their year. Maybe you know the Ravens get there. I'm renting that team for the year in case uh, Chicago really stays ahead. And shout out for LeBron for bringing the shot back. It's coming on Amazon. It's coming on Amazon, and I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, we'll see you next week. We out. Peace.